Welcome back to another episode of the Hearing You podcast. I am joined today by Lauren Lover. So excited to have Lauren. She's going to tell you all about her, all about what she does, and most importantly, how she helps folks. Um, so if this is your first time listening, we are a podcast out of High Point, North Carolina, uh, out of a lifestyle medicine practice, tried lifestyle medicine. And our goal is to give as many tips, tactics, tricks, tidbits, education, empowerment around optimizing wellness. And uh, that wellness, as we define it, is in all different realms. So it's mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and doing everything that we can to make sure that for our listeners, for our patients, for uh, the greater community that we're giving as much as we possibly can to help people experience that. So excited to have Lauren here today. It's going to be a little bit different because Lauren comes from a little bit different background as far as the services she provides and her experience and credentials. So I'm really excited to get into this because I'll be honest, this is an aspect of wellness that I did not appreciate until I, I got into my current role. And so uh, I'm going to have Lauren introduce herself and uh, tell you about who she is and uh, excited to have you here today, Lauren. Yeah, well, thanks. And thanks for having me. And I've been really excited about um, coming out here and providing the aesthetic services just because it's such a cool setup and a really cool reason as to why you guys are wanting to serve the community. And um, what's even more important is the people are good. So um, I'm really excited to be here, but um, I am a uh, physician assistant. And I have a background in plastic and reconstructive surgery. I've recently made a transition. Um, so I'm providing telemedicine practice right now. And um, the motivation for that was really because of, you know, need to make time for my family. But, um, but again, I'm a busy mom. So, you know, we have to stack something else on top of that. So I do love to provide the concierge um, aesthetic medical services. And currently that is through the skin click. That's the overarching company that I work under. And, um, the goal with them is to provide aesthetic services to uh, people's doorstep. So trying to bridge the accessibility and the gap of, um, aesthetic medicine. So aesthetics, mm -hmm. this is one that I, I remember it. I was sitting in this very room. We had a conference table here and, uh, we were just meeting and we were meeting with a provider that, that did similar things um, as to what you'll describe here in a little while. Um, and they were talking about what, uh, how important beauty and, and feeling good about yourself, how important that was in wellness. And it had, it had not struck me in, in that way until then about how important that was. Um, Tell us a little bit, share with us kind of how you got into the, the plastic surgery, what led you down that path, um, and, and what keeps you going in it? What's your, what's your why behind okay. what you do? So that could be, it could be a little bit of a long story. Absolutely. We got time. I think, <laughs> okay. um, I think our card will hold, uh, hold the memory. So okay. you're, you're good. Um, I'll try to keep this somewhat abbreviated, but if we really want to start from the inception, um, you know, I've always been interested in medicine ever since I was a little girl. Um, but we will fast forward all the way to college because we're going to skip. <laughs> um, so I don't scare anyone off. We, yeah, we, we don't. Uh, we, uh, the stories on Doc McStuffins and all this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, so. Doc McStuffins wasn't there because I totally would have been all over that. I got to college and um, I was recruited to play soccer at UNCG. 
and UNCG has a really great nursing program. So um, I guess it, when I was entering college, I didn't put as much thought into long-term what I wanted. Most of us don't. Exactly. Not initially, <laughs> at least. I was just like medicine. And then immediately I was like, good nursing program. That's what I'll do. Well, it was my freshman year of college. My college coach basically was like, hey, um, you know, the nursing program, it's really rigorous. And I don't know if you're going to be able to balance the nursing and the soccer. So being very um, naive and influential um, or I guess easily influenced, I was like, oh, okay, well, fine. I guess I'll just do, um, I'll just do pre-med and I'll just plan to go to med school instead. As if that was going to be an easier route. I, was, <laughs> I don't know. So while I was on that track thinking, oh, I'll just go to med school at the end of all of this, um, I was really stressed out because I was like, gosh, if I go to med school, then you have to specialize and then you have to go to a residency. And I have no idea what I'm going to want to do in, in medicine and especially to do it for the rest of my life. Well, somebody then told me about the PA profession, which I thought was just such a unicorn because you are not stuck to that one um, specialty, whatever you end up doing when you come out forever and ever. And then um, what I was hearing from a lot of family friends was you would have better work-life balance as well. So of course, post-COVID, I think a lot of people, especially in traditional medicine and big hospitals can say that's not true, <laughs> um, which is again, part of the motivation for my recent change. But, um, and then this is where we can get into the long story because as I was finishing up PA school, um, I had done two elective rotations in trauma surgery and um, an ICU rotation. And I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder in PA school. I was like, I just want to be the best of the best. And I want to know everything about everything. And I don't want to specialize. So to me, I found a perfect combination of being um, cerebral enough for the medicine part, but also doing procedures in trauma surgery or ICU. And if you don't know what I mean by that, um, there is a bit of a divide in medicine where you have the more... Um, you know, your primary care provider, your internal, uh, your hospitalist who all do more of the medicine stuff. And then, um, then you have your surgeons who do, you know, the surgeries and the, both of them kind of will make fun of each other, you know, Oh, the surgeons, they can't manage anything. Um, all they can do is cut and operate. And then the surgeons look at, you know, the medical providers, which it's, that's a little confusing term to say, but they say, Oh, well, yeah, thanks for, you know, managing the hypertension. But if you call me one more time for a simple like abscess, I'm going to like go crazy. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I always had this thing where I'm like, I want to do both. And that's where I felt like the trauma surgery or ICU thing fit. So I was um, skipping another little bit there. I was accepted into a fellowship program um, with Atrium Health for their ICU fellowship. So I was right on track with exactly what I thought I wanted to do. Um, the curveball came when my husband and I planned and had intended to have our first child. And, um, we conceived, um, while I was still in rotation at PA school and I had her shortly after I had taken my boards after I'd graduated PA school and <clears throat> she had been in our life for about a month when I had gotten the, um, acceptance to the fellowship. And I realized I can't do this because my husband was traveling with the Hornets. He was working for them at the time and he was gone a lot. And I realized, wow, I see you like I, I'm going to be working like a 60 hour work week just for the fellowship. Um, I'm going to be working nights, weekends, like all kinds of hours. We don't have family close enough to watch the child. So what am I going to do? Um, so as I'm kind of coming to the realization that like I'm a mom now and that like that comes first um, and I'm crying over my computer telling the fellowship, you know, sorry, I, I I'm not going to be able to accept the fellowship because 
you know, frankly, I just didn't have the ability with time or resources to watch my child at night when I was going to be working <laughs> if my husband is gone. So um, as I'm crying over my computer, you know, saying no, I was like, well, Lauren, okay, like wipe the tears away. It's time to figure out what's the next step. And as I'm looking at the job board, the first two things that pop up were plastic surgery jobs, which is bizarre. They don't come open very often. They're quite popular. Hmm. And they were both in Charlotte. And that's where um, I currently live. So I read through them. I'm like, wow, that's not just like boob jobs. It's like there's more to like what these descriptions are saying about plastic surgery than what I I and probably most people traditionally had thought. So, um, and what's interesting about that <laughs> is during PA school, I probably took like a 500 question test that tried to match you with what specialty you would do well in. And after it, the um, results populated. And the first thing was plastic surgery. And the next thing was neurosurgery, I think. And then way down the line was like the ICU trauma. That's and, funny. And well, yeah. And I was like, wait, wait this a minute. A silly test. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is not me at all. And I was like, I'm again, chip on my shoulder. I was like, I am way more cerebral than this. And I was like, you know, cause again, I was just naive. I didn't know. And I thought plastic surgery meant, you know, facelifts and boob jobs. I didn't yeah. know everything that it held under that or you know, kind of coming closer to one of your questions is the impact that could actually create in somebody's life. So nonetheless, I love, 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 loved my role in plastic surgery. I ended up getting um, the job, um, you know, with one of the main hospitals downtown Charlotte. So I learned so much. And I think when I, when we look at, okay, well, we are doing surgery. So how do we step over now into doing more of the aesthetics, you know, let's say injectables, et cetera. Um, because I had to reconcile myself with that for a while. <laughs> like, where does true aesthetics meet, um, you know, making me feel like I'm serving the general population better than just like vanity? Mm -hmm. um, and mind you, a lot of my plastic surgery job was also reconstruction. So reconstruction was a lot of trauma and cancer. So I felt like I was very much giving back to people and trying to um, impact their life in a positive way. Um, but the when I thought a long time about what aesthetic services can do for people. It came down to um, the confidence it gives someone. So kind of getting into, I, I think you asked a why question. Absolutely. What's, what's your why? Okay. What's your why well, behind like, this? I, like, I think you're headed there. Yeah. Yep. I, well, because well, that kind of gets into like, you know, the whole, like what we see in the aesthetics thing. So um, my big, I guess a really, really big arching why is um, I love a sense of community and I just feel like we're so, we've so lost that sense of community. Like if you're out walking in your neighborhood, I live in a pretty big neighborhood. So there's a lot of people I don't know, you know, how likely are people to make eye contact and to say hi, or you're out with your kids and there's that um, gentleman on his porch and you say, how oh, hi, you know, it's just all these weird, like things, it's weird now, but weird things we used to do that we just don't do any longer. And, um, I guess, you know, when I'm out in the world and at Target and whatever, I'm constantly trying to make eye contact and like smile at people because I just feel like, you know, I just want that friendly community and I want that positivity in the world. And I think what stops a lot of people is their insecurities. So it's their insecurities and how they look. And that kind of, you know, factors into what you guys do here or even how they feel. I mean, if you don't feel good, how happy mm. are you and how much are you smiling? Probably not a lot. Yep. Um, same thing if you are insecure about your weight, whether it's too low or too high, um, you're just not going to put yourself out there. And I think that comes the, down to the same thing with skincare or skin services and injectables. Like if 
you have, if your face is totally broken out in acne, I mean, how likely are you to try to look somebody in the eye and start talking to them? Yeah. So for me, it, it became, you know, aesthetics was just a happy medicine and it was something that I found a lot of joy in, but how I kind of reconciled how I felt that served other people was seeing the confidence that it brought them and their ability to just really put themselves out there. Now I feel confident and I'm going to go volunteer in church. I'm going to go get on stage and I'm going to um, give this speech or say these, you know, be a singer on stage at church. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I use church, but yeah, wherever, wherever you feel like you want to have your positive impact. So um, I think just trying to get people out of their shell and to feel com- comfortable and confident in their skin is what has really um, driven my motivation to get into the aesthetics world. That's beautiful. I, I think just in, in perfect alignment, I think you're exactly right in the sense that if we're not confident in how we look uh, specifically, and, and you alluded to how we feel as well, I think that's that's a great point um, as well. But if we don't feel good about putting our face forward to the world, it, it definitely impacts our relationships and impacts the things that we do, the uh, level of success we're able to have, the things that we're able to push into. So um, in that meeting, in this in this space, I, I joined that camp uh, and believe in that as well, right? If we, if we look good, um, then we feel good. And if we feel good, we operate differently in the world. So what are, what are some of the experiences that you've seen in your patients um, and, you know, and more recently in the things that you're doing with, with your skin click practice? Um, what are some of those things that you've seen as far as the transformations and, and kind of the positive impact uh, that you've, uh, that you've experienced? So I think it kind of, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it when it came down to, you know, what I've seen is just how how confident people mm-hmm. get and how comfortable they get in their skin. I think that's really like what I've seen. That's the biggest transformation that I've seen. It's just, you know, they just love how their skin glows and they love the compliments they get. I mean, who doesn't like a good compliment? So mm-hmm. I think that um, just seeing my clients or patients, um, you know, be consistent with their skincare and they stick with it. And now they're seeing, they're seeing results, but now other people are commenting on it. Um, I think just seeing how that just makes them so just like comfortable, confident, and they're just so like, you know, pleased and happy and they're happy to see you. Um, I just, it, it's, it's really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't see a lot of these people in their day-to-day life, but all, all I can do is when we talk to them and that's the, that's the you kind see, of feedback I see that difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, I guess let's talk more specifically. Let's talk about your services. Let's talk about the things that you offer. Um, and we can, we can go in any direction as far as how you want to present that. We can talk about, um, the, the types of folks that come in, maybe it's the skin issues that they experience or some of the things that you treat, or we can talk about the treatments, however you want to, uh, kind of unpack that. So, um, I'll kind of start out with just like laying out the services. So currently, um, I offer um, skincare consults. So that's your type of patient that says, hey, I don't like my hyperpigmentation, my melasma, my acne. Um, I just feel like my skin is dull or they have rosacea. Now, how many patients do you have in, come in that say, and I don't even know that I can pronounce those first two, hyperpigmentation yes, and melasma? Yes, <laughs> What does that translate to for us? Well, well number one, because, regular because folk. you don't know it, you don't have it, and you're so lucky. <laughs> um, whereas I very 
much do. So that basically hyperpigmentation is where your skin is just uneven. So, you know, you have got areas that are lighter and darker. Melasma is very much like that, except um, melasma is a, a little bit a little bit different because it, for me, it has a genetic component. Um, and a lot of times you'll see melasma can come in really any um, ethnic groups, but you'll see that a little bit more with a darker skin group. Um, if you've ever heard of the pregnancy mask, so after a woman delivers her baby, um, you may see that like that bit of a mustache or like darkening on the cheeks or on the forehead. And um, that's melasma. So and, and basically, the effect is it just creates an uneven skin tone, a patchy skin tone. That's what I, that's my biggest struggle. Okay. And it's a really, really tough one to control, I'll just say, but we can <laughs> go down. No, that's great. Topic. That's great to know. <laughs> I, I, my big thing is like, I want, uh, I want folks to understand yeah. what, what they may be looking at, right? Yeah. And how they describe their issues if they were to come see you, mm-hmm. um, what, what areas you treat and that sort of thing. So, and that, and I'm just infinitely curious. <laughs> so I always have to know. Um, so anyway, didn't mean to interrupt oh, you. Oh, you're good. So. No, it was a good question. Um, it's it's funny how like things will come so natural to you when you use these terms day in, day out <laughs> until somebody's like, wait, 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 I don't even know anything you just said. Um, <laughs> and I try to be very conscious of that, but I, I found out even in medicine, like, um, or sorry, in surgery, that there were times I thought this is natural. Doesn't know, no, doesn't everybody know this word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, no, they don't. And there's plenty that that happens to me too. I'm like, wait, what? That exposure but, bias. Yep. Yeah. So um, there's a skincare consults and that's your really bread and butter. You know, we kind of got to start there. Um, that's just my belief. Um, and then there's dermaplaning. So that's just using a scalpel, um, just a sharp knife. Um, and it's just removing the uh, fine like peach hair or peach fuzz that people have on their face. And then um, the top layer of dead skin cells. Um and there's also facial peels. So currently, um, I do the Zio stimulator peel and also the three, a Zio three-step peel. So, um, if you want to know what that process looks like, I currently, I just recently like got to the end of that, um, peel process. So you can always check out, um, Instagram for, um, how that all looks. It's, it's quite interesting. What's your, what's your handle there? Um, at Lauren Lover underscore PA. Okay. And we'll have, we'll have that in the show notes, uh, as well, but want to make sure people can get to it for you. Yeah. It's a highlight bubble. It's really cool. So if you want to see my skin peel off like a snake, yeah, go check it out. Nice. Yeah. Um, my kids make, uh, some debuts every once in a while and have some really kind things to say about it. So, <laughs> but, um, and then last but not least, I offer, um, neurotoxin injections. So, um, that's, you know, the typical, like, People always want to say it's it's Botox, but I always say it's, it's toxin or toxin injections just because Botox is a brand name, um, but there's multiple different kinds of neurotoxins. And I primarily use Xeomin. Um, there's also Dyspor. There's Daxify. It's a new one that's out right now, um, but Botox is like was the first one. So that's why everyone says Botox, but, um, to be more, um, correct with that terminology. Like, like Xerox is the copier. So it was in copier sales yeah. early in my career and everybody called it Xerox, even yeah. though that was a brand name or but. Kleenex. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a tissue, but yep. yeah. So anyway, same thing, Yeah. but, um, and then the plan is to soon offer, um, other injectable services, um, the filler and the biostimulators, which those are, really, really, um, fun and exciting. Everybody and everybody knows what fillers is. I mean, if you, uh, know who the Kardashians are, you know, plenty, (laughs) but, but that is not the approach that you want to take when you're, when you're trying to, you know, keep it like low key and natural. It's great for Hollywood, but, um, you know, in, in practice, I think that much more natural results are probably more desirable in general. 
Okay. So what, tell, tell us what kind of your, your, I don't, I hate to say regular patient, but what do you, uh, what do you hear and see the most, um, when folks come in? So, I mean, my patient population is all over the place. Um, I have someone as young as in their teens who just wants to get on a good routine for, um, you know, acne. Mm -hmm. The other end are the people who are like, oh my gosh, I have these static lines. So lines that like are on your face, even when you're not making expression. Like, like that. Huh? Well, you're, you just expressed, but, <laughs> but we can take care of that. I told you this, <laughs> but you haven't taken me up on that offer yet. You and my husband get in line. It'll yeah. Be maybe, maybe someday uh, we'll get, I need to get a little better production quality here yeah. than just my phone shooting the video. And then we'll, uh, I'll be ready for the, the big stage. You know, it'll be really fun if we just do one side and you can look very inquisitive. One brow will go up, one, <laughs> one wouldn't. I don't know if you so I made the, I made the joke around here. Um, so we've had, had, I've had several folks in my, in my circle, uh, uh, have treatments. And, uh, I've said like, you know, you're going to have to help me out because I can no longer read your facial expressions. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can kind of set that up how, how anybody wants. Right. Yeah. So uh, actually I'll, I'll make another quick joke and I'll get back to you. <laughs> um, so there's two things I always like to say. Number one, Botox and COVID were great for medical providers because the bottom of your face was covered by a mask and then you froze the top part. So no patient could really see if you were upset or not. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. And then the other thing is just like you're experiencing your staff. I mean, Botox saves marriages everywhere because he will never see how irritated you are at that moment. There we go. <laughs> not that I have any reason to be irritated. I like my husband, he is wonderful. Um, and, and I am beyond lucky, but you know what? occasionally that's just the wife's duty occasionally you have to just like raise your brow but you know that doesn't happen very strongly anymore so there we go there we go so um, typical typical yeah. <laughs> patient um what what do they what, what does it look like what are, what is it what maybe we'll walk through the process so i'll tell you actually the, I'll, I'll say um as far as typical patient who's who when, when do people usually decide i'm going to walk through your door and have you do something for me um it's usually when there is a big event coming up, you know, somebody wants to get married, they want to look really good on that day. The other one is like each decade. So I'm turning 30 and I know I need to start really taking care of my skin. Uh, so I feel like I get a, a massive amount of people in their thirties and forties. That's probably the, my, the bulk of the people I serve. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll have my people in, in their fifties who are wanting to continue their services as well. But, um, thirties and forties are, those are, that's the age group. That's like, I need to get control of my skin and really start doing some preventative measures, but truly that should start in your, in your twenties as early mm -hmm. as that. So, um, yeah. So how does that look? I mean, it depends on, on, on why you're there. Um, it, it really, it totally depends. Give me an example. How do you? <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I think, um, if it varies by individual, then it just varies by individual. Um, so I, I think, mm -hmm. I think that is the answer in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and I think you covered that too, kind of with that initial consultation and understanding what was going on and then kind of deciding from there what treatment was, uh, what was appropriate. Mm -hmm. So you alluded to kind of the decades, you alluded to starting earlier. What, what are some things folks can do at home? Uh, just, you know, may, maybe they're not ready for the, the injections. Maybe they're not ready for some of the other things, but and maybe they're not having major issues, mm -hmm. but prevention, uh, always goes a long way. Um, and then just regular care. What are some things people can think about and can do, uh, to, to prevent issues? So 
number one thing, um, and I've got to put this out there as my number one, because it doesn't matter what you come to see me for. I will mention this sunscreen. You've got to protect your skin. Now, just any sunscreen or do you have specific mm. ones? Cause I know that's a, that's a topic too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which side I don't want this to get inflammatory, but, um, I know there's some, so, some things to think about with that. Okay. There are, um, I, I guess number one, sunscreen and your makeup doesn't count. So I'll just put that out there really quick. Okay. So, you know, you say you get your, um, it cosmetics, which, you know, I used to love and it has 15 SPF. It doesn't, it, they put a drop in there. It's called 15. It's really not. So it doesn't count. Um, so I'll just say that. Um, but when you say it's, um, controversial, what do you mean? Do you mean like the type so, of sunscreen? Yes. Like, like so, there's no chemical and mineral? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, and I could be making this up. I don't live in this world. I, I just know I've heard some scuttlebutt about, you know, buying sunscreen, like cheap sunscreen versus some more natural options oh. and different things. Maybe oh. it's not a thing. I'm interested in your perspective. Okay. Goodness. Um, I mean, for me, my thing is like, if you're protecting your skin, that's most important. So step, if I can step one, step just one. do it. Just do it. Just better do it. than nothing. Yes. yes. It's better than okay. nothing. So, um, and yeah, I mean, if you're somebody who is more sensitive to um, skin products than a mineral, so your zinc oxide, um, titanium dioxide, those are one better ones to stick with. Why people don't like them, they're usually thicker, they don't feel as good on, they maybe leave a white cast. That's why people don't like to use those. Um, but I'm going to give you a little bit of hope because the formulations behind a lot of the sunscreens nowadays, um, especially the mineral ones I should um, point out they don't all like leave that white cast. So don't be afraid that I say zinc and you're like, Oh gosh, great. I'm going to have this. All like, we picture is the, the lifeguard with the nose. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's not like that. And there's like plenty, even in my skincare lineup um, of sunscreen options that don't give you that effect. And what's beautiful about mineral sunscreens is as soon as you put them on, you're getting that um, protection and to go one step deeper. If you do have um, pigmentation issues or melasma, you the preference would be to do a mineral sunscreen. Again, anything's better than nothing. And the reason for that is just how the sunscreen protects you. It's not going to create that um, heat reaction, which can trigger the hyperpigmentation and melasma. So it's just better for that group. Again, I, I won't go too, too deep into like the details with that one, but on the flip side, you have the chemical sunscreens. And a lot of times um, doctors might even say like, don't put those on like young children or babies. So definitely the minerals are better for you know, young children or babies, people who are sensitive, skin sensitive. Um, but people tend to like the chemical sunscreens. They come in a spray bottle. Um, <laughs> and they're easy to apply. They go on really thin. They feel a little bit better. Um, the problem with that is to, when, when do you normally put your sunscreen on? Now, I'm very responsible. Ah, okay. So I put mine on before I go outside. Okay. So how, how long before? Typically, it ends up being 10, 15 minutes. Okay. So it's not um, too bad. Also, I took uh, personal health in college, and she emphasized the importance of putting it on ahead of time. Good honor. I would say... For most people, though, it's when they step foot in whatever environment it is, the pool, the beach, mm -hmm. um, the outdoors, whatever, uh, kind of when they're out there is when they pop it on. That's correct. So um, it typically takes about 20 minutes. You have to put it, on for put it on and wait 20 minutes. And the reason for that is your skin has got to absorb the sunscreen and then um, what happens is the UV rays hit the skin and that sunscreen ends up turning the UV rays into heat and emitting that off. So basically changing what 
is getting to your skin into something that's a little less damaging. Um, I don't know that I'd ever heard that described. So that's, that's that great. Yeah. That's really cool. So you, you have to put it on a long time before. And a lot of people, they do, they, they're with their kids or with their family. And I don't know if you're like how I am, but it's like chaos. Like once we it get is. to the pool it or is. beach, it's, it's much like- easier to just do it before you ever step out of the house. <laughs> it yep. is. And especially if you're going to the beach, it's way more clean mm. and easy, but you yes. do have to reapply. That's the other thing you have to reapply. Number one is your sunscreen skin protection. Okay. Number two, just wash your face. Like that seems like so basic. These things are not they, like truly skincare and basics. I try. I, I'm not going to give you something that's like you've never ever heard before. Well, I guess maybe the heat. most most. Well, that was it. So that was a tidbit, right? <laughs> um, I, I think most things. I'm learning as I as I age. Uh, most things are the simple. It's the simple things, right? It's the execution yeah. that becomes the issue. So with face wash. Any particular uh, uh, washes or creams or soaps or anything to use or and or avoid? Yes. So I would say what I, if it says body wash, it's not for your face. Your face does it. It, it does need a little bit more love. Um, and of course, we're kind of we're kind of dabbling into like you know, well, over the counter versus like medical grade. And oh gosh there are going to be some people who are very triggered by me saying that or luxury grade brands, you know, there's, there's over the counter, there's luxury and then there's medical grade and that's a very hot topic. So I'll try to um, tread lightly around that. um, Speak your truth. (laughs) But number one, I guess like don't, don't be using a bar of soap that's for your body on your face because you're, all you're doing is you're stripping all of the oils and the good things you need on your face off. Um, so, you know, if you're not going to go with like what you would say a medical grade, something's going to, if you need a true treatment or something, then at least get something that says like facial cleanser or maybe gentle facial cleanser. That's really the best. I mean, I think that, um, you know, Cetaphil is a great one. Um, but that's just like, that's one example just as a, just general basic. So, um, okay. So yeah, sunscreen, wash sunscreen, your face. Wash your face. Don't use body wash. Don't use soap. Yes. Um, what's next? Uh, well, this is when we get a little bit like deeper in. So we were talking about preventative care. So I'll go into what people commonly reference as the holy trinity of skincare. And this can be for your teens and for really any age and men, anyone. So um, that in the holy trinity does include your sunscreen. So check, you're already ahead of the game. Um, and the next two are your vitamin C and your retinol. So your vitamin C is going to be your antioxidants to protect yourself from um, the oxidative stress and the environmental stresses on your skin. Um, then the next one is your retinol. And that's, I mean, oh my gosh, like a retinol just really is the number one. Oh gosh, like there's a there's a phrase I always use and I can't think of it right now because as I told Jeff, he's hitting me at my weak point right now in the day. <laughs> we we discovered that two two to three time frame, three to four is is uh, when Lauren is at her worst. So we'll have to shoot another episode in the early mornings um, yeah. to get her at her best. Exactly. I, I think I think it's just great information. I'm gonna ask a dumb question. Ask me. Vitamin C. Are we talking? Oh, vitamin no. C. We're talking. What are we, what are we talking about? So, and it, I forget we're on a podcast. So I made the illustration of like <laughs> popping a, you know, a chewable vitamin C tablet or are we talking lotion? What are we, what are we talking there? Yeah. Well, so we're talking about the skin we're talking about something you can put on your face okay. and on your skin. And just to kind of get into that, if you're saying, well, what, what, what vitamin C, what do you mean? 
Um, and again, this could be a whole discussion in and of itself of vitamin C, different formulations and stuff like that. But most vitamin C's, you know, even over the counter are going to be in a darker packaging. That's because they are very unstable. Um, so you're not going to find a cheap vitamin C. So if you found a cheap vitamin C over the counter, um, I'm going to tell you, it's probably not going to work very well. And it's probably gonna be very unstable. So it's, you're not going to get the know. benefits. It's very good to know. Yeah. And that's where, um, sometimes like, you know, the medical grade things come in where, and what does that mean? What is medical grade? I mean, medical grade is basically products that, um, we can feel confident that they provide the results because they're based on scientific research and studies that show that they provide the results that we're looking for. Um, and they have the ingredients at the percentages that actually will cause, um, the effects that we're wanting on the skin. Whereas over-the-counter um, products sometimes don't have the scientific research. They just don't have the um, literature to support them in the same way that the medical grade does. Not that they're not great products. I'm not saying you can't get great products over-the-counter. More tested, vetted, yeah. that there's mm -hmm. been more time spent confirming that they are what they say they are. And also there's a lot of products you just can't get over-the-counter. You do have to have a medical provider who can give that to you. Um, because not everything like retinols, not every retinol should just be um, at the fingertips of anyone out in the world because not everybody knows how to um, kind of dose that properly, <laughs> mm -hmm. which um, again, an another, another, uh, gosh, like so many needs to be, a, yes, yeah. it really is. No. And this is why, like when I'm in with patients, like I, I feel like our visits take so much longer than normal. Like if you come to see me, um, you are most of my patients who have gone to an aesthetic provider before and then come to me are shocked by how much they didn't know and how long the visit was and how much information they have when they leave me because I can't help myself. <laughs> if you, if you can't tell, um, there's a reason we love Lauren here and this is, and this is why, um, you know, our, our, uh, one of the things that we stand behind is spending time with patients and making sure that they have a keen understanding of their health care, empowering them to have a better understanding. And it, for those of you listening and watching, this is why we love Lauren is because that's who she is as a person. Um, we've talked to many people in this field, um, but we, we feel her heart and her um, desire to really teach and empower her folks. And so um, that's why you're sitting in this chair. So I love that. I love that that came up today. So I've, Got my sunscreen. Mm -hmm. I've got, uh, I'm washing my face. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm, I've vitamin C and retinol mm -hmm. if, if prescribed, did I hear that correctly or just being very mindful of what my source, where I, where I get my creams. Now I've, I've been doing my little tablets, but that sounds like that's not so, going to work. Yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's something I mean, different. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. Keep doing it. But um, yeah, it's, it's not really going to give you the antioxidant protection for like your skin, the way that in topical vitamin C would, but yeah, vitamin C can be found over the counter. You don't have to have a provider um, to prescribe that for you, but retinols um, you can find those over the counter, but retinols basically, um, the, depending on which chemical version you have, um, and you just have to read the bottle to see what that is. The last stage is a retinoic acid. And, um, if there's tretinoin basically is like the medication it's prescribed because it's that last chemical like conversion. It's like literally the active compound right on your skin. So that one does need to have a prescription because it is so strong. Um, but other ones you can find over the counter and, the reason why, you know, people are like, well, if I can find it over the counter, then why, why go medical grade? Why should I go to a provider to like, tell me, you know, if that's, you know, why do I need that from you basically? Mm -hmm. And, um, 
the difference is usually we can get you a higher strength or um, one that's later out, like later in that chemical convert conversion. Um, you may get a retinol that's much higher in the chemical conversion that um, has to go through multiple conversions. So by the time you get down to the active, to where it should be doing what the benefits it needs for your skin, um, it's just not going to be as effective. So again, over-the-counter products, they they are they are they are fine, <laughs> but you just may not get the results that you're wanting. Maybe not like not in full, and um, it may take a lot longer. So that's why people are all on you know skincare and medical grade skincare is because you really get to see those results and you get to profoundly change your skin. I mean just me changing my, um, regimen. And cause I was always an over the counter girl. I was like, mm -mm, mm -mm, I am not paying. <laughs> no prices. way. I know. Yep. And it's so silly. Cause you're like, Lauren, like you have knowledge, you have like, you know, medical experience behind you. Like what, what's your problem? Like, wh why don't you just go pay for the dang retinol or whatever? But, um, I don't know. I was, I was one of those people like die hard over the counter. I'm not paying that price. I don't know. I think I'm just very much like that. But um, even if you look again on my Instagram, you can see my own skin like transformation. I mean, it's radically different. And that just came from I've done no lasers. Um, I actually haven't had like filler or biosimilators, although hopefully that will come because it's time. I'm a runner and the mid face is flat. So <laughs> but anyway, but from skincare, anything that you see from my skin and what I've changed has been purely from skincare at this point. Not that I have anything against um you know, lasers or anything else. Um, I've done uh, two facial peels at this point, but everything is skincare. So, I mean, your bread and butter is skincare. Um, so yeah, at home, that's really what you can do. You know, you can take care of your skin by um, washing your face, getting like, you know, just the day off. Um, and then in the morning, you want to use your vitamin C. It's not really a nighttime thing. It's, you know, antioxidant protection for the day. Then your, okay. um, then your SPF in the morning. At night is when you're going to use your, um, your retinol. So, and that's just because, um, that could be, uh, it's a little sensitive to the sun as well, just as far as how it works. And we always like our protection in the morning and then our repair at night. Nice. So. That's a, that's a really good way of thinking about it. Well, we are right on time. Okay. Um, man, this flew by. So I, I think, I think what we're learning is we're probably gonna have to run a, run a series, um, to, to get you back in here. This has been great. I, I I'll be completely transparent. I don't mind saying it. I didn't anticipate to like learn this much, first of all, but second of all, kind of gain the actionable things that to, I mean, it felt more, much more complicated than that. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I think about what I thought about taking care of my skin face, especially, mm -hmm. you know, um, I just assumed it was some magical routine that I would never be able to, to, uh, mm -hmm. capture. And I've, I think I've already got it memorized. So, yeah. and um, you can make really, it really real good complex. Info. And you know, if you, if you really want to go, you know, really difficult and sexy, you can go there, but I mean, <laughs> when we're talking about the basics and what anybody can do and what anybody can benefit off of, that's, those are the, those are the key ones. Awesome. No, I always, uh, envision the, the facial mask with the cucumbers over the eyes. That's, that's all I can think about. <laughs> that's great uh, too. <laughs> It has been great having you. Thank you. Um, I'm excited. We're going to do this again. Uh, I have I have no doubts. Um, so we'll figure out how to get that scale, scheduled. So Lauren is going to be here on December 16th. Mm -hmm. uh, depending on when you're watching this, it may be uh, closer or farther away, but um, excited to have her here uh, doing her thing. Um, so if you are interested in meeting her, having a skin consultation or scheduling um some type of services, um, you can do that. And I, I'm not sure where, where can they do that, Lauren? We didn't, we didn't talk about that. Is that coming so, through? Yeah. Um, 
the there, there's always a link in my um, bio on Instagram. Okay. Where you click that, then click book appointment. Um, the biggest thing you always want to just make sure you click the events tab because that's going to bring you to the December sixteenth um, times. Okay. If there's nothing there, if for whatever reason they're all um, you know taken up, then there's usually some time to stop by, or um, at least we can try to figure out where to fit you in. Just send me a message if you have questions, or you know, if you're not sure what you want to talk about or what you need, or if there aren't any appointments, just send me a message. We can usually figure that out. Give us your Instagram handle one more time. Uh, at Lauren Lover underscore PA. And that is Lover as an L-O-V-E-R. People don't believe Great that. Great name. It's, that's, that's the name. Great name. <laughs> Perfect. Lauren, thank you for joining us. Um, you can find us on all major platforms. So, uh, and by us, I mean, Tried Lifestyle Medicine. So uh, you go to the website, triedlifestylemedicine.com if you want to learn more about us. Uh, you can also uh, go to our social media handles, which are just at Tried Lifestyle Medicine or Tried Lifestyle Medicine on Facebook. Uh, so if you want to learn more about our practice here, you can certainly do that as well. Um, and we would appreciate it if you've enjoyed today's content, if you want to subscribe and you can go back and listen to our previous episodes as well. So as always, thank you for listening. We uh, hope it's been beneficial and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thanks.